This is the Business Marketing and Finance Podcast. The podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs. Get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host, Daryl James. Like to follow or learn more? You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button now. Welcome everyone to this week's BMF Podcast. This is our Ask an Expert session. I'm your host, Dow James, and I'm here today with Robin Fisher-Ruffer, brand strategist, author, keynote speaker, and CEO of award-winning Big Fish Marketing. Welcome, Robin, to the Business Marketing Finance Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Now, Big Fish Marketing works with powerhouse companies such as Comcast, CNN, HBO, Microsoft, Fox Networks, Walmart, NBC Universal, and Sony Pictures, just to name a few. Robin, can you tell us a bit about your journey, what it was like growing up, and how you made the transition to being the woman who you are today? Well, I was raised by a single dad, mm-hmm. and he was an ad man. He uh, he ran a small ad agency out of our kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when my sister Wendy and I were kids, uh, at about 11 and 12 years old, yes. you know, I would cook dinner every night, and, and my sister would would clean up and help out and then the table would be cleared and all the ads would land on the kitchen (laughs) table that my father was working on and he would say hey kid what do you think of this headline yeah what do you think of um you know this image uh do you like do you like the way the logo looks in the ad you know we're just little kids but we learned at his knee the ad game and a lot of times we had to go with him to yeah. pitch, watch him pitch and close and win business. So we learned the business. And so I took all of that with me and that passion yeah. for differentiating brands and the simple truth of what a brand can stand for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that so that it resonates with the audience that it's trying to reach, the consumer it's trying to reach. Yes. And just studied that in college and then started my own ad agency mm-hmm. uh, at the tender age of 30. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I had really nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. Now, you mentioned that your father was very yeah. inspirational um, yes, to growing he up. Was. How yes, have, he still is. He's 93 and he still is. <laughs> wow, that's, that's fantastic. How have yeah. the skills and mindset that you received from him impacted your business this far? Well, one of the things that my father taught me was to be wildly enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. And I remind my clients why they're in business, mm-hmm. why, what got them into this crazy game. And most of my clients are in technology, media, and advertising. Yes. And uh, those are fast-paced, very intense, high-stress businesses. And we have a lot of fun together. We remember what why we got into it together. And I come into every meeting just full of life, yeah. as excited as I can be about their brands. And that gets them energized and it elevates everyone in the whole company through the stories that we tell, through the narratives that we create around these brands yes. and what they stand for, why they're here, what their true purpose is. Oh, wow. And how did you get involved with um, television networks? Well, I loved television as a child. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents were split. Obviously, my dad raised me. And for Mm -hmm. a few years, I went back and forth between my mom and dad before my mom got, I mean, my dad got custody of us. Mm -hmm. And I used to have this little Sony portable TV that I would take with me. I didn't have a doll. 
I had a little Sony portable TV, which (laughs) now we use our phones to bring TV with us. But back then it looked like sort of like an old lunchbox, you know, it had a handle and these little ears and, you know, we had about three or four channels um, on that TV and I knew the schedule and it made me feel safe and happy. And I loved, I loved television so much and it kept me company and it was my friend. So it's no, um, it's no coincidence that I went into television and that Sony became one of my clients and, you know, it all started when I was very young. Yeah, yeah. And how old was you when you first decided that now was the right time? I mean, you mentioned that you was 30 when it was time to start your business. But when did you realize that, you know, you had a real passion and love for television? How old was you in that age that you was just? Oh, when I was carrying around my TV, I was five years old, five and six years old. But I when I got um, out of college, I immediately worked in different. This was my dad's idea, too, was for me to learn different media. So I started in newspaper and I went to radio and then I ended in television at TNT and I worked for Ted Turner and we launched TNT, Turner Network Television, and then I soon worked for CNN and and Headline News and uh, TBS and uh, Sports South and all the properties we had over at Turner. Turner was down the hall from me. Oh, wow. <laughs> when I was, wow. Yeah, now he's, you know, created this <laughs> worldwide leader in news, right, with CNN. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, it, was a, it was a wild ride, and, yeah. but it led to television. Te- television for me was my ultimate goal, but the final frontier. But my father instilled in me this idea that I had to learn all the media yeah. before I could get into TV so that I would know like how, which media to buy to promote the shows that were on those networks. Yeah, it yeah. was really quite smart yeah. you know, that I got in from the ground level and then moved up. Yeah. So when you started, you, you already had a whole you know experience of television when you started your own company at 30. What was your mission in the outset? Well, my mission in the outset was to take Turner with me as a client. Uh-huh. So uh, I worked for six months. I told, gave them six months notice at Turner. And I said, I'm going to you know, replace myself. I'm going to build a whole book on how to run this part of the business that I was in charge of. Yes. And um, all with the goal of turning it over to someone that would ultimately be my client. And Turner became my client. They're still my client to this day. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. And um, the goal of the company at that time was to get people to watch more TV. It wasn't a very noble cause, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but I did that through being um, a sweepstakes specialist. So I guess mm-hmm. you call it competitions in the UK. So it would be like yes. watch all this week, watch Shark, you know, watch Shark Week yeah. all this week, and you mm-hmm. could win a trip to swim with the sharks in Tahiti. Nice. Right. Yeah. So it was that kind of thing, you know, watch this show and win, watch this show and win, um, enter this sweepstakes and win. So we were getting people to watch more TV by bribing them with sweepstakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, it worked for a long time, except the problem was, is that mm-hmm. I was a brand strategist. Yeah. And that's I, building brands was my 
true north. And I found myself being branded as the sweepstakes queen of cable television. Oh, wow. Which I guess would have been good for somebody else, but I had much higher aspirations than that. So I quickly changed gears and rebranded the company as brand strategist for the digital age. And the digital age was happening, and that revolutionized my company to become a digital strategy firm that used the internet and the power of um, that connection to consumers directly to drive more viewership. Wow. So was TNT your first client? TNT and and CNN. Yeah, TNT, it was the NFL football Mm -hmm. on uh, TNT was the first project I got after I left Turner Broadcasting and opened the doors to Big Fish Marketing, the company I still own today. Yeah. And how many people do you have currently working in your team at Big Fish Marketing? Well, we ex- here's the interesting thing about the business model. And for any entrepreneur who's listening, this is completely doable. Mm-hmm. I expand and contract with the amount of business I have. That way, the overhead's never too t- too high, yeah. and I never get into a cash flow situation. I read so, it. yeah, I have two guys that work with me out of our New York office mm-hmm. um, that are always on and then we add to that bandwidth we add the bandwidth we need but nine times out of ten we can conquer almost any project just the three of us and with the the addition of an assistant who's virtual yeah like we don't even have it i'm on the road so much seeing clients that i don't can't even have an assistant in the office so i always get somebody who's in another city that's just available by phone and by uh email yeah. And text. Yeah. And that cuts down on the cost because that becomes an hourly employee. Everyone else is what we call in the United States a 1099 or somebody who's freelance yeah. if we yeah. bring them on board. Okay. Okay. So you also help audiences tell their greatest story. How do you do that exactly? Well, we try to get to the why. Why is this brand in business? What is its true purpose in the world? So the first order of business is figuring that out because it may not be, um, you know, CNN's true purpose in the world may not just be to report on the news. They may be, you know, espousing democracy. I don't know what their true, true North mission is, but you have to get underneath the hood of it and it has to be aspirational and you have to be able to say it in seven words or less. Mm, mm. Um, so like food network has been a big client of mine for the last seven years. And when we were, you know, when we sat down to say, well, why are we here? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just domestically in the United States, we came up with the line to feed a food curious nation. So Mm. when you start to think of that, that really changes the paradigm of the kind of programming you're going to have, the kind of advertisers you're going to attract, um, And that you're really speaking to passion at that point, right? The passion for food, knowing more about food, the curiosity of food. So now you can start to expand the programming into all the realms of what's happening in street food, what's happening in ethnic food, what's happening, you know, the curiosity is what you're feeding or just, you know, the Southern food that we have in the United States. So you can get deeper into those realms if you know that you're feeding a food curious audience rather than just a home cook. Yeah. 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 So once you have the mission nailed, then you can tell the story around that mission. Mm -hmm. How do we then 
attract advertisers and partners into that mission? How do we get investors and shareholders to want to be a part of it and then get the viewer to tune in? So it's a, you know, a different story to each target audience, but they all have the same mission that they're on and that they're trying to articulate through the narrative. And then that narrative goes down to all of the executives in the company and that re-energizes them and makes them feel great and gets them excited. So every year we write a new story for every television network that I work on. Wow. Wow. So can you tell us a bit more about um, your build a brand workshop? I understand you do that as well. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) glad you brought that up. Well, I live in an an amazing place called Santa Fe, New Mexico. I choose to live here because I get on plane and fly to see my clients. I don't have to live in New York or LA where they are. Um, so I bring the clients here and many times individuals to Mm -hmm. spend two days with me to figure out what is their mission? What is the Mm -hmm. vision for their company? What are their brand values? What Mm -hmm. won't they compromise? What is the narrative for their company? I have a whole storytelling structure that we do together. We get there very fast. How are you then going to tell the story to the world? Do you have the right presentation skills? I work with you on how you walk into the room, how you show up, how you tell the story. What's your body language? How do you get people to remember you when they meet you, even if it's only for a minute? So in the workshop, we do all of that. Sometimes we even go shopping if I think the person is just, their their wardrobe is destroying the story. (laughs) I can't get past what they're wearing to even (laughs) hear them. Um, So we just, it's an intensive two days and I do it either with teams of people or with individuals. And I got to tell you, it is yeah. absolutely transformational. Oh, wow. That sounds fantastic. I mean, I heard you in the interview speak about, you know, building your brand um, and making sure that you have something memorable that you might be wearing, whether that be a tie or a certain brooch maybe for a woman. And could you just go a little bit into why it's so important for somebody to be memorable when they actually go speaking to clients and go into a room and, you know, try to command the room? You know, every person... <laughs> has a little bit of social anxiety. I don't care how confident you are. You're mm-hmm. always looking to see how you can connect with somebody. Yes. And for women to women, I'm just going to say women to women, we're always looking for what that woman has on that we can compliment them on. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a business meeting or I'm at a conference and I have a pair of fabulous shoes on, nine times out of ten, women will say, oh, my God, I love those shoes. Where would you get those shoes? I mean, I know it seems... Uh, silly in a business setting, but it's just true. I think we're looking to each other. So if you have on a fabulous tie, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say to you, that tie speaks volumes about you. Tell me more about you. That's what I'm thinking. I might not say it out loud, but I might say to myself, this guy looks really interesting. You know, I had an executive say to me, Robin, I need your coaching. All of the people work for me. They just seem so intimidated by me. Mm -hmm. He said, how can I break the barrier and yeah. I said, well, it's, it's a lot in how you communicate, but let's just start with your outer package, mm-hmm. you know? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, I think you should wear a hanky in your pocket, like mm-hmm. something colorful. Yeah. And now he's a media executive. Okay. I mean, this may not work for everybody, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, you wear sports coat every day and jeans and a shirt, but you mm-hmm. put the hanky in the pocket. Yeah. And he said, that's, cra- you know, that's ridiculous. And so the next day I went out, at, I went to Saks Fifth Avenue. I bought him a, a gorgeous red hanky with a little pattern on it. 
yeah. and he had on his jeans and a white shirt and a navy blazer. And I threw that in there. I said, just walk around yeah. and t- to your people. Just go go into the office and walk around and see what happens. Mm-hmm. People started going up to him. You look great today. Randy, how are you? you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, <just> yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, so it, it works. And yes. um, you want your... Who you are inside expressed through the clothing that you're wearing. Yeah. And also meeting your customer base where they're at and kicking it up a notch, doing it one better. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I used to, when I used to do a lot of work for MTV, they would all wear jeans and a T-shirt and combat boots, stuff like that to work, yeah. right? These executives. Yes. And I would come in in jeans with high heels, with mm-hmm. a great shirt, with a jacket on. See, one better. Yeah, but yeah, still yeah. meeting them where they're at. Like I'm yeah. not going to walk in with a skirt suit on and look like I'm ready for you know yeah. trial at a court, so, <laughs> right? Yeah. When you're helping business build their brands, how do you yourself build your own personal brand? Well, I think it starts with uh, the way that you show up, your body language, how you carry yourself, at the clothing. We just mm-hmm. talked about that. That's important. The next yeah. thing is your website. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times entrepreneurs, they just forget that their website is ultimately their calling card. Because if I go and attract a client, they probably have somebody else they have to get approval from to make me their agency or their consultant. So you need something to pass along Mm -hmm. that looks spot on, right? And really reflects who you are. So we just redo the website every 18 months. Mm-hmm. I just redid it again. It's bigfishmarketing.com for everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. And I think it's the most true reflection of all of the work that we do. But it started yeah. with the mission statement. So we energized and enhanced and evolved our mission statement mm-hmm. to be guiding you to write, tell, and live your greatest story. So once we came up with that line, then we could take the website navigation and turn it into write. Click on write, you get how we tell stories and the storytelling structure we use. Tell all of the portfolio pieces that we've done for all of the presentations we create for our executives and for Mm -hmm. our networks. And then um, live your greatest story is all of my speaking and coaching and the books that I write and all of that. So we organized it into these three buckets and it all came from having a great mission statement. Yeah. I I thought that was actually beautifully done. I've never seen anybody do it like that. It just, it was really good. The way the words popped out, the slogan popped out and then they became the navigation. I thought that was really cleverly done. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. It's brand new. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice website. I like the color theme as well. It's nice. Thank you. So you mentioned about your books just then. Now, what are the top three books that you've read that have made the most impact in your life and why? Oh, the top three books that I've read. I love um, The Road Less Traveled mm-hmm. by Scott Peck. That was a game changer for me. I read that when I was 30 years old. Yeah. This is when I was starting my company. And um, because I wanted to be a warrior on the, on the road less traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very, very important to me. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many books. I think one of the greatest books you can read, you could do it in a weekend, is The Four Agreements. If you yeah, are a business it. owner, yeah. it's, it's the best. I yeah. mean, yeah. if you have those four agreements nailed yeah. and you are trying to live into them, they're hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. never assume. Yeah, that's one of the hardest. That's one of the hardest. 
Yeah. It's really hard not to yeah. jump into the storytelling around something that's exactly. happening in your life, right? Exactly. Um, so I love the four agreements, and I love the alchemist. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a parent, read mm-hmm. it out loud to your kid, and you will take in, every time you read it, you'll see something different. Another really short book, but this idea of our dreams aren't just going to happen. You're yes. going to be tested every day en route to your own alchemy. Yeah. And and it will be a circuitous route. There's no such thing as the ladder to the top. It is circle upon circle upon circle. <laughs> uh, maybe a spiraling circle up, but it certainly yeah. isn't yeah. a ladder. No yeah. way. So I think that book really, you know, which is just an ancient tale about a shepherd yeah. trying to find yeah. his alchemy, a simple shepherd. Um, is really profound. Yeah. And so those, I, I think, off the top of my head. And then yeah. I like the book that I uh, published last year, which kind of brings all of this into focus, is mm-hmm. uh, Your No Fear Career. Mm-hmm. And yes. the kind of, it, it has a lot of those values from those books, you know, woven in there. Yeah. Um, but in it, so it's a, it's a soulful business book, I think. And it's about being fearless, which really is at the core of, being successful because when yeah. we're in fear we're not in faith and when we're in faith well it can't be in fear very true um yeah and faith is what we need as as business owners isn't it every yeah. day to keep going and believe that we have something important to do in this world yeah yeah what was it like to write your very first book to make a it name was amazing i told my business coach and i recommend everybody as a business coach i told mm-hmm. my business coach at that time uh you know two decades ago that I had a book in me and I I knew I had to write a book. Mm -hmm. And she said, that's fantastic. Why don't you write a speech first? Mm -hmm. Now today I would say write a blog, right? You could write a blog or a speech. And I, and she, and I said, well, what am I going to write about? I just know there's something, I don't know what it is. And she said, I think you should write a, take everything you know about building world-class brands and apply them to a person. How can a person be a brand? This was not my idea. But I wrote the first book on personal branding called Make a Name for Yourself. Yes. And it was it's geared towards women, but I always say it's 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 strong, you know, it's made for a woman, but strong enough for a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you can get it in an, it's an audio book now on, yeah. on Audible. But it's, it's really, it's my voice. And it's really like the keys to doing it, right? So I wrote that book. And the process of it started with the speech. So I created an outline, which mm-hmm. is basically the eight steps to building your brand, gave yeah. that as a workshop to 100 women in film, yeah. in the film industry. Okay. And they were coming up to me and crying and, and, and hugging me afterwards. Yeah. You know, you, you unleashed something in me, you gave me permission to say who I really am. Wow, so tired of being defined by other people. Now I can be defined by myself. It was a yeah. freeing idea. Yeah. Back then, yeah, the process was unbelievable. I every day I would speak into a microphone and record my thoughts, or I would write down all my stories in a journal. And today I'm doing that. I'm writing a book about uh, my my daughter and me. It's called Roxy and Me, and it's our oh, fearless nice. travels together. Yeah. Me as a single mom taking her all over the world, yeah. and we're doing the same. I, mean, I didn't make a speech about it. But I journaled all the stories. So yeah. you're just journaling all your stories, and then that comes together in a book. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned that you wrote it 20 years ago. Um, as yeah. technology has moved on, do you, has anything evolved in the steps, do you reckon, or the make a name for yourself? Yeah, it's funny. That's why I, you know, we, I wrote it as a book and then I re-record, I recorded it last year as an audio book because I wanted to update it. So yeah, the yeah. examples of the people I used 20 years ago of having great brands like yeah. a Martha Stewart morphed mm-hmm. into a Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so times have changed that way. And then the other thing was, you know, I would talk about how to get articles in a newspaper. And now I, you know, this is now all about the internet and blogs yeah, and, yeah. you know, how to be, how to tweet, and, you know, all these kinds of things that yeah. we didn't have 20 years ago. No, yeah, yeah. So what platforms do you currently sell your books on and why? You mentioned Audible just then and Amazon for your paperbacks. What other platforms do you utilize? I think Barnes & Noble has my books, but I, I just, the truth is, mm-hmm. and and is that Amazon owns everything now in terms of book sales. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you can self-publish. The last book I self-published, I had two huge publishers on the first couple of books that I did. And and this book just, I just said, I want to get it out right away. Yes. Yeah. Technology is changing at a breakneck speed. And yeah. if I wait for the publisher to get it out, whatever I've just written could be obsolete. Yes. So I went and self-published. And that way you can always be um, adding to it. So I created a mm-hmm. new version of it where I added to it. Yeah. You can keep evolving it. So the book is a living, breathing thing, yes. which is really exciting. Yeah. So what has been the biggest hurdle for you while self-publishing? Well, it costs money to self-publish, you know, so you have to have some money in your bank account to do it. You have to believe that that book has a a reason to be. My books have have never made me a fortune. What they do is create a platform for my speaking career and a validity for myself as a consultant. Mm -hmm. And that gives me, um, I believe, a higher profile to command higher fees. Yeah. Now, I've seen you have Ignite rooms full of people. What's the formula to a great keynote speech? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I teach people how to give speeches. Uh, I teach entire sales teams how, yeah. to, how to own the room. So let's see. I would say uh, the most important thing is to lift the energy. Yeah. The energy you bring into the room is something that you and you alone must control. You cannot get thrown off if people are on their phones. Mm-hmm. They could be tweeting what you're saying. Very you true. can't look at that like they're bored with me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to really engage by having a conversation. I never am in front of a podium. I'm always out in front. Yeah. I wear a lavalier mic. So mm-hmm. that I can move freely. Sometimes I jump off the stage into the audience nice. and I get a handheld mic and I'll ask people questions. I engage them. Yes. I make it a two-way dialogue. And even I have a video of me on YouTube talking in front of 10,000 women at mm-hmm. a big stadium in, in, in Denver. Yeah. And um, I can't jump off the stage in that situation. But I talk to them like I was having a conversation. Every speaker that spoke that day at that at that event yeah. had a teleprompter. I was the uh-huh. only one who just got up and had a one hour conversation about how to be fearless Nice. and told stories. So storytelling is key. You want to captivate a room, tell mm-hmm. fantastic stories, make it conversational like you're talking to your best friend and do it with energy and excitement. 
Yeah. And believe me, you're going to have them in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Wow. So when you're doing um, keynote speeches and you're, do you write at the same time? What's your schedule like while you're writing? Yeah, I write, I always write out the keynote speech and I practice and practice and then I throw it away. Awesome. So I, I use the slides mm-hmm. as a prompt and my slides only have a headline and a, a really impactful image. I never put anything more on a slide than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe a few bullets at the most. Um, no complete sentences, but it's just a visual aid to keep me on track. Yeah. But then I remember the story that goes with that slide through the practicing that I do. But I always write out the speech first. And I try to not put too many messages in. So I'll say the three steps to building your brand mm-hmm. or the five steps to being fearless. You know, it's very simple so yeah. people can remember. Yeah. What's your most memorable keynote speech? Oh, it has to be the one in Denver that I have on YouTube um, on being fearless because I'd never spoken in front of so many people. Yeah, yeah. And um, my daughter was in the audience. Yeah. And I remember stepping off the stage into darkness. Wow. And uh, it was the loneliest feeling I ever had. So here you get a standing ovation Mm. from 8 to 10,000 people. Right. And then you go and you turn and you leave the stage and you're all alone in the back in the black. Yeah. It is a really bizarre. um, And I can see. Yeah, I can see why a lot of rock stars, you know, end up staying up. (laughs) Partying and not wanting to go to uh, not wanting to go to bed. It's the energy of it, (laughs) isn't it? No, that, that sounds really good. But yeah. I, but I, then I walked around and my daughter ran up to me and said, Mommy, you were wonderful. Yeah. And that made it better. Nice. How old is your daughter, if you don't mind me asking as well? She's 19. She's yeah. going to be a sophomore at um, University of Southern California. And she's studying media and entertainment. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> she's, she must have had a lot of experience going around yeah. over the years. Yeah. So on your journey, what is the best way that you found to actually market your book? Um, it's really giving the speeches because Mm -hmm. when you give a speech you say to the person who's putting you on the stage can you sell my books at the event would you would you like to give everyone a book who comes to the event you know give it to them at a discount price Mm -hmm. Um, and it's doing things like we're doing now it's podcasts and tweeting and showing a picture of the book with a quote from it that you can look to Amazon and buy it Mm-hmm. Those are some of the ways that I've found to, to do it. I've used publicists in the past, but I don't get much traction from them. I think it's a real um, financial, um, it's, a, it's a lot of money yeah, to get yeah. a publicist. And I don't think you get your bang for the buck, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You authentically being there um, to tell people your stories and yeah. to tell them there's more in the book is probably the best strategy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that sounds really good. So if you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? Don't think too much. Mm. Feel. Use your gut. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know that when you override your gut, when you override your natural instincts, you yeah. get into a lot of trouble. So I would say trust your instincts. Yeah. And what is the vision for Robin Fisher Ruffa? What gets you the most excited about the years coming, the years ahead? 
I really love uh, coaching young people Mm -hmm. on how to show up in their true and authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And that's the best brand builder you have is being Mm -hmm. absolutely who you are, working in your passion. So I think as I get older, I'm going to be spending more time with young people helping them to build their careers. And I was thinking, um, and I've been talking to Roxy, my daughter, a lot about this, is yeah. really working with college kids who mm. really don't get the brand building skills that they need to mm. get the positions that they really want and that their soul is craving. Wow. And yes. it's, yeah, so I think I'm going to be devoting more time to that. And that will still be on mission with the guiding you to write, tell, mm. and live your greatest story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you was working with, like you mentioned, eight to 10,000 people and got a standing ovation. How, how was you able to empower the women of that room? Is that one of your missions as well, to empower women and um, to become leaders and CEOs? Yes, absolutely. That's really what I've been devoting my entire life to because almost every client I have is a woman. Mm. Um, in the marketing world, it's it's very female-driven. Yeah. Um, and, and so... I could, not only do I help them build the brand that they're that they're in charge of, but I help yeah. them build their personal brand and share with them how to show up and deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a way where people say she's a leader, we got to promote her. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you have Do you have any case studies? If you could give us just one person that you have a, a testimony from that you could actually speak upon the transformation of of this person. Oh my gosh, there is so many over the last <laughs> yeah, twenty or so yeah. twenty or so years. Um, I I think that the the person that I've I've helped the most. I don't want to say what their name is or the That's company fine. that yeah. they work for. Yeah. But I would say that she's gone from somebody who has seen her bosses as parents. Mm-hmm. Let's take that in for a second because I think this is a big problem mm-hmm. that we see and that. Now we're going to get, you know, the boss who we see as daddy or mommy to approve of us. And I've gotten Mm -hmm. her to look inside and find her strength from inside herself and see herself as her own person independently and and be her own mother. Mm -hmm. And that has transformed how she shows up because she's not acting in a in a little girl role she's showing up as a woman in full yeah and yeah. in charge of her life and confident in herself yeah big transformation wow now one of the things that you mentioned um, earlier on the call you mentioned having a business mentor how much of an impact has a business mentor made on your career um, and have you had different mentors along the way or just stay with one solid mentor Yes, I've had three different mentors uh, mm-hmm. who I hire and pay for. I have lots of mentors out in the world that have helped me. Um, I hike every day with a different woman, and I have many that are that are like mothers to me and have coached me uh, and mentored me. I love and who I love very deeply. But I've paid for since I started my business. Yes, um, three different coaches, and the one that I have today has constantly is calling me on my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and saying, uh-uh. But, you know, I was about to send an email to a company apologizing for something that they did. Yeah. And I said, you know, David, I'm about to hit send on this email. I want to read it to you. And he said, hit delete. 
<laughs> are you kidding? And don't ever talk to that person again. Your mm-hmm. silence will yeah. be like a thunderclap. Mm-hmm. And I did that. You know, so he'll, so he's there to stop me from my own yeah. <laughs> racketing, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes be, and then you know what? I, I have a male, I actually have a male coach, so I can read him yeah. the emails from male clients, and he yeah. can d- tell me what they mean. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't always understand. Why, why is he saying it this way? Well, he probably just did it on the train really fast. He didn't think about how it might come across. And, you know, women, we we read an email 20 times before we hit send. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But a guy may just throw something out there and he didn't mean anything mean by it. It just went, he was going fast, you know. So have you noticed many differences between the male and female um, clients that you've had? Yeah, men don't think too much. You asked me what I was going to tell my younger self. They don't, they don't overthink things. You know, we overthink things too much. We get in our head and we stop ourselves from being magnificent. Yeah, okay. You know, our head is going to keep us uh, from being great. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's again going with our gut instincts, yes. um, really feeling into the project. Yeah. Um, instead of just getting all like I've got to be perfect and whatever I write down has to be amazing and oh my yeah. god and then nothing gets done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Getting in your Relate own way. This. I don't yeah. Getting in your own way. Yeah, many, many. It's actually one of the topics for one of the blogs that um, I'm currently writing, and it's about sabotage and um, overthinking things. And before you know it, you start to procrastinate. You don't actually take action. So that's one of the things I'm actually um, writing about right now. Funny enough, and I think it's it's a big thing for at least people in the UK that you know we can get in our own way quite often, and you know that leads to procrastination and never actually taking any any forms of real action. Oh yeah, and it's I it's and I see it everywhere. I think it's probably a worldwide epidemic yeah. of non-action because we're overthinking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robin, finally, where can people connect with you for a consultation? What, what are your social media links? Your website address? If you could give us that again as well, please. Sure. So the website is bigfishmarketing.com. And you, if you want to have me coach you or your team, just reach out to me at Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at BigFishMarketing.com. Fantastic. And then if you want to hang out with me uh, on my Facebook fan page, Robin Roffer, I've got a Facebook fan page. And I also have an Instagram account where you can see Roxy and me on all of our fantastic trips together. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, well, thank you very much for being on the show, Robin. I know you're a very busy woman. Thank you. Thank you for having me and reaching out. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience? Be fearless. Just start today. Fantastic. All right, everybody. This has been the Business Marketing Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Dow James. We'll see you next week. Thank you. This is the Business Marketing and Finance Podcast. The podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs. Get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host, Daryl James. Like to follow or learn more? You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button now.